0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, so remember what we've been studying, okay? When we go through the Bible, we study verse by verse, we pull it, it's it's called expositional teaching. And if you recall... It gives us some amazing insight into what we call spiritual warfare, or really what's going on during this Great Tribulation. Now, remember, if you're taking notes, the first three years of this happening is called the Tribulation. The last three is called the Great Tribulation. Now, we sometimes we just say, oh, it's the Great Tribulation. Well, it's Tribulation, nonetheless, but it's the Great Tribulation, guys. And two weeks ago, we talked about the archangel Michael, do you remember? Fighting in the spiritual realm, Satan and his angels. Okay? You go, yep, I I remember. We saw, guess what happened? Satan and his band of demons, they were cast down out of heaven for good. Okay? Now, When Satan fell the first time, when he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be God. I wanna, I'm gonna raise my throne above his God, God, Satan, God cast him down like lightning. But he still had access to heaven. You understand that? They still had access. Because he went to and fro, and he'd go, and, and, all in the book of Job. We see that he was up. But right here, okay? Right here, he is cast out of heaven for good. Okay, So what happens, guys, is we saw this um, accuser of the brethren, basically, is cast out of heaven, and we talked about how importantly it was to overcome him. Do you remember? You go, mm, I'm not exactly. Well, the Bible says that we overcome him, guys. We put on our warfare. No, 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 that's not what the Bible... The Bible says we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, this is what the Word of God says. It's not by chance or candles or rebuking or bindings or formulas. Guys, the word of God says that we overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. Our sins, our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. That's a great place for an amen. Our sins, let me let me try that again, because maybe you are all just in this, like, ah, oh, I'm just, it's so hot. I'm just like We, the way we overcame, guys, the way they overcame him was by what? That their sins were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, no accusation could stand before God. What do you mean? You see my, you see my servant feathers, right? You see her. Well, let me list off a list. God goes, no. No, I see Jesus. That's, guys, that, we, we can take that to the bank. There's no way that we can be so good that we stand before God and say, look at my good works, God, I think I should go into heaven. As a matter of fact, I saw a video today of someone saying, I hope that I'm good enough, I think I'm a good person, that I should get into heaven. I think I'll just, I'll cross that great divide and go into heaven. But see, that's not what God teaches. God teaches, it's by his blood. And I want to rest in the fact that Jesus died and there's no accusation before me. And then they also said, and they overcame him by the word of their testimony. Guys, they were faithful, even in the midst of persecution, to what? To share all that God had done. They were faithful. They said, man, this is my testimony. You go, what's a testimony? Jot this down. It's a statement or declaration of a witness under oath. That's what it is. It's a statement, or I declare this is what's to be true. But you got to have evidence to support the fact or that statement. You understand? You can't just go, hey, this is what I think. No, no, no. People want to see that. See, your testimony is how you live your life. Your testimony is is what you do when nobody else is watching. Your testimony is is, it's a statement. I believe in God. I trust God. I love God. It's an open declaration, guys, of a profession of faith. That's the testimony. Listen, listen, church, listen. We talked how we all have the resources to overcome Satan today. Okay? We've talked about that. But let's take a few moments, just, just while we're here, let's take a few moments to break down our testimony. Okay. You go what's that? Well, let's break down the statement or declaration of a witness under oath. Okay? Our lives as a witness for him declaring his life. Well, what should that look like? Alex, what, did, what, what if if I'm going to go before a court and and what is that what does my testimony look like? Well, it should be first and foremost, guys, it should be a life full of peace. Peace. I'm not talking about the heartaches or the bumpy roads that come in life. That's just that's just life, okay? We're not, we're not on a four-lane highway under cruise control just going, all right, this is good. There's going to be life. There's going to be bumps. You understand that. But I'm talking that there's peace in your heart. There's not that turmoil. That should be evidence number one. Evidence number two, that there should be a life full of joy. Oh, Pastor Ben, am I supposed to be happy all the time? I'm not talking about happy. Happiness are based on circumstances. Oh, well, somebody did good. I got a raise. I'm happy. I had a great filet mignon for, for, for dinner. It's wonderful. No, no, no. That's happy. I'm talking about joy. Joy. In the midst of life, you can have joy. But it also be a life full of love. You see, the Bible says that, 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 um, that people will know we're his disciples by the love we have one for another. And maybe we don't, guys, maybe we don't hang out with each other like we want to, but we're, we're brothers. We love each other. Right? But let me take it a step further. Because see, the Bible says that, that, that you will, people will know you're my disciple by that, the love you have one for another, but it's also, what about the world? I mean, we got to love. Jesus said you need to love your enemies. And you know what? I can't. You go, you can't, not without his help, to be honest with you, not without the power of the Holy Spirit living me. I can't. My flesh goes, my enemies, I want to punch them in the nose. Are you kidding me? I want to get them in a headlocking, all of that stuff. But that's my flesh. But my spirit says, no, 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 I want to win them to Jesus because I'll tell you why. Eternity is a long place, a long time to be without God. Wow. And that trip you out. I don't like the way our country is being run. I don't like some of the policies in place. I don't like a lot of them. But I want to pray for them because the Bible tells me I need to pray for them. Because eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time. You go, well, what else is evidence, guys? Well, if we're talking about testimony, I mean I think our I think our an evidence should should ready? Ah, oh, here it goes, step on toes, time forgiveness. Forgiveness. We have to learn to forgive. Now, it's easier said than done. Because forgiveness takes a real act of faith. That you're going to trust in God. But, but I want our lives to be, to be, um, I want a life full of forgiveness. Why? Because I want to be forgiven, guys. I want to be forgiven. I don't want to be the guy that goes, Lord, forgive me, I've really messed up, and then turn around and not forgive. We know that, right? Matthew 18, we know that, right? The the whole parable Jesus talked about was like, hey, man, he forgave you millions of dollars worth of debt, and then you turn around and you went and put your buddy who owes you 18 bucks into debtor's prison. You didn't forgive them. How could you not? You see, it's a hard issue. He goes, I want to see a life, guys, I want to see a life um, of compassion. Everyone needs compassion, right? That should be our life. Our life should be marked as compassion. You see, the, the problem is, guys, is that, is that we, want to, we want to have the, the Christian T-shirt. We want to have the bumper sticker on our car. We want to listen to the Christian radio station. But these are the evidence. That's going to prove, remember, a statement or declaration, witness under oath, this is going to prove if we're a Christian or not. Right here. So so here's my question. If you and I were, were tried in a court of law for being a Christian, would you be found guilty? Is there enough proof? You go, man, I really hope so. I know what's happening. In your mind, you're thinking of all the times you fell short. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But overall, do you have, guys, do you have peace? Do you have joy? Do you have love? Is there forgiveness? Is there compassion? Is there grace? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I think I would be super bummed if the jury had a hard time convicting me, you know? Okay, here's the evidence. Hmm. Well, we got a hung jury. We're going to have to go to trial again. No, seriously, I am a Christian. I, ha- I am. Come on. Listen, I pastor a church. Hey. Well, yeah, but, I don't know. I want them where they'll be like, no, this guy's guilty. Guilty. Right, Robert? Guilty. Well, another way, guys, another way um, that they overcame the devil, right, is an open declaration of faith. Well, what do you mean? Well, when things go wrong, what's your first reaction? Because that's evidence, right? Wait a minute. When things go wrong, what's your first reaction? Is it prayer? Is it faith? Is it trust? I'll tell you what I do from time to time. Don't judge me but i tend to um i tend to scramble for my own fleshly life jacket when things go wrong i tend to try to do things my way i try to oh well, let's see let me see what i can do how am i going to fix this but really guys when things go wrong when things don't go our way when life hits us with our first we should be running to the lord in prayer i'll tell you what the enemy wants us to do the enemy wants us to run away from god he wants us to run away from god And God's like, no, 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 guys, guys, run to me. Let me let me tell you. You guys ready? You ready? Let me tell you what the difference between a relationship with Jesus and religion. Okay, religion is this: when you do something bad, you're thinking, "Oh no, I don't want Dad to find out." That's religion. I'm I'm in so much trouble. But a relationship goes, "I messed up. I'm in so much trouble." I need to tell Dad. I need to tell Dad because he's not going to sit there with the spiritual Billy Club going. Okay, one more step. Come on, get out of line. He's going to say, "Oh, I know. That's why Jesus came. He knows your temptations, guys. He knows the things you struggle with. That's why he came. That's why he came." And another reason here, guys, is um, they didn't love their lives unto death. They didn't love their lives until death. They said, listen, my life belongs to God. Let me just say this. The Bible says, Paul writes, for me to live is Christ to die as gain. Okay? But what does that really mean for you? Well, that's a Bible verse. That's a band-aid. No, I don't want a band-aid. But think about it like this way. You don't truly live. You're not truly living until you've already died to the Lord. Seriously. Life is, listen, hey, you know what? Miss Feathers, I'm not going one day before Jesus tells me I'm going. And neither are you. So why are we why are we worried about it? That's taken care of. Let's live. Let's live. Let's enjoy life. Let's just um let's let's. But for me to live is Christ. I'm gonna tell people about Jesus and to die, woo, it's gonna be good. You know what you know what concerns me, church? Concerns me are those people that um, are not sure where they'll go when they die. Doesn't that bum you out? It's like, and they're struggling, and they're putting their hope in crossing fingers. They're putting their hope in maybe, maybe, maybe. They're putting now. Listen, isn't this really, really sad? Because they're putting their hope in, and I've done good things, but the scales. I mean, you. you that's just that's. That's just not good. I'm like, no, no, no. I pray for those people because I want them. I want them to go to G. I want them to go to heaven. Well, Ben, question: How do we get there? I mean, how do we really get there? Well, the answer is grace, guys. God will give us what we need when we need it. That's where you got to be. That's where you gotta be. So what's happening? Think about this, guys. Satan and his demons are kicked out. Boom! Heaven rejoices. Okay? Not sure where we'll be. Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Okay, we'll be with God. So I'm not sure if we're gonna actually partake and see any of this, but I know I know the tribulation saints are gonna be like excited he's the one that was tormenting him. He's the one that killed him. I think we will be too if we had to know. I know. Finally, we don't want that dude up here. We spent all of earth trying to get, get, stay away from him. I don't want to hang out with him up there. The problem is, is that when he's kicked out, guys, woe, it says woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Okay, something's going on. Okay, so you have your channel clicker, right? You have your remote. Here's what's happening. The scene is going to change from heaven down to earth. This is what he's saying. Okay, Satan is kicked out of heaven and he comes to earth and he comes to earth with a vengeance. Okay, he comes and he is super mad. He is, I mean, he realizes that he has three and a half years left. Okay, so tonight in our text, guys, the scene changes for a brief portion. Okay, we're going to see what's going to happen on earth, wrath on earth. Hey, welcome to Calvary. (laughs) When did you come to church? Well, they were talking about the wrath on earth. Yeah, well, we teach verse by verse. So the remaining Jewish remnant, guys, are going to be assaulted by Satan. Now, I need to clarify this, okay? Remember. In way of teaching, okay, when the rapture, the rapturus, guys, the hardpazo take us to heaven, okay, we're raptured, the Holy Spirit is now taking off Gentiles, and he's put on the Jewish people. So, all of Revelation has been dealing with the Jewish people. Now, I don't know what's happening in America, I don't know what's happening in Canada, but I know there are people who are probably going to be felt like the rest of the world, okay, although Although the Holy Spirit is focusing on Jews, I think there's still going to be tribulation, persecution, all of that stuff around the world. Okay, so the people who who we love that might be left behind, we go, oh man, they're going to experience horrible things, horrible things. Now it's going to now it's going to get worse. Now now it's going to get worse. Okay, but the focus on right here, guys, is Jewish. Okay. Let's pick it up, guys, reading together. Look at Revelation 12, 13 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen. It says, Now the dragon saw that he had been cast to earth. He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings in the great, of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she's nourished for a time, times, and half a times from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped a woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's happening right now, okay? Specifically in Israel. You guys with me? Specifically Jewish people. So what happens is Satan, guys, through the person of the Antichrist, okay? is going to come against Israel in a major way. He is now, okay, so your attention Remember, we, everybody was, was freaking out with coronavirus. Everybody's freaking out with the vaccine. Is that the mark of the beast? I mean, I heard so many. We're not at the mark yet. The mark is next week, chapter 13. You understand that? But in order to establish the mark, the world has to be prepared. You understand that? But now Satan is thrown down, okay? So now he's going to establish a one-world system. What does Satan want? He wants to be worshipped. That's what he's always wanted. He wanted to be God. And he wants people to worship him. So he's now being thrown down, okay, and he's going to persecute Israel. He's going to persecute this. Now, let me just give you a side note, okay? Let me give you a side note. If you were with us, guys, for our... um for our Are We Living in the Last Day series, you realize that we talked about the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war that hasn't happened yet. Okay? Ezekiel 38 and 39 is where Russia and a lot of the coalition will come down and attack Israel. You go, yeah, I've I, I, I heard you. Yeah. Every day I sit there and I just, I, it, it blows my mind. You go, why? Because every day is something new. There was no way, okay, so a few weeks ago, Hamas, a religious group, was shooting. um, They were trying to attack Israel. You guys knew that, right? Benjamin Netanyahu said, no way, fired back, took out. He didn't kill people. He just, this is, and, and even yesterday, he did the same thing. He actually fired in an Iranian place there in Syria, in Damascus. So you're going, okay. I don't know if you know this or not but on sunday is benjamin netanyahu's last day as as prime minister president of israel the person who is replacing him is very liberal i believe he's openly gay i believe he's got some all i mean he's it's just a list of stuff this is israel starting sunday Do you see how Ezekiel 38 could come and take place? Other countries, strong countries, smell weak leadership and will come in like a flood. And I sit there and go, guys, we're going home soon. We're going home soon. I don't think we'll be here 20 years. We're going home soon. It's all lining up. Here's our problem. You ready? You guys are privileged, and I'll tell you why. I was, I was told the other day that only 6% of the world's population have a biblical worldview. In other words, they see everything through bi- biblically. So out of 100 people, what's 6%? Six? Six go, oh, yeah, I see what's going on in the world, and it's going down. That means 94 people go, What? What's happening? But as we teach the Bible, you guys are ready. You're ready to go, okay, I'm ready to go home. So what should we do? For us to live is Christ. We got a lot of work to do. We enjoy life. We drink our coffee. Have an extra one. That's what I had this morning. We tell people about Jesus. We invite people to church. We want to win. And if, if the Lord comes back, guess what? We win. We're home. It's exciting. It's exciting. Listen, listen, church. This is, this is just, a, this, is, this is not even in my notes, so it's for free. We have to love Jesus and all that's on the other side more than what's here. And I know we have lives, and I know we have children, and I know we have homes, and I know we have plans. I get it. We all do. Okay. But I want to love Jesus more than. I'm expecting a a grandbaby in a couple of months. I'm excited for that. A son, a grandson. You're talking to a guy who, who had all girls. Okay. Now I have a grandson coming. But I want to love Jesus more and I want to trust him. So, well, Ben, what if the Lord doesn't come back for a couple of years? Then I'm going to enjoy that time. Right, Feather? Right, Sally? And I'll tell you why. Because even if the Lord doesn't come back for 5 or 10 or 15 years, I don't know how long I'll be here. Because statistically, 10 out of 10 people die. Statistically. Like Natalie says, we don't get out of here alive, do we? We don't. So... So that's just a... Keep that in mind, guys. Keep that in mind. Everything's going down with Israel. It's happening. Middle East. Rockets. I mean, but only six has a biblical worldview. Back to our text. Sorry. So Satan, through the Antichrist... Who's the Antichrist? I don't know. But he's going to attack. According to Zechariah 13, you can jot this down, 8 and 9. It tells us that two-thirds of the inhabitants of Israel are going to be, it says, cut off. Two-thirds. You go, Ben, what does that mean? Basically, they will die. So that means only one-third is going to be left. Now, I was surprised when I read Zechariah. And you go, why? Because I know Israel is God's chosen people. So I was a little bit surprised. But then I realized that in looking at some of Israel's news, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but there are a huge amount of Jewish people today that have not acknowledged God or have repented from their sins rising up in Israel today. Our tour guide used to say, the holy, it's the holy land, but not everybody's holy. And I was really, I was really tripping. So Zechariah says there's going to be a lot of, of, of Jewish people dying only one-third. So why was why was Satan attacked that? Well, guys, jot this down because he attacks to present Israel from the establishment of the kingdom of God, right? So he attacks that way. Now, what happens? Look at verse 14. It says, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. Where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. Now, what you need to understand is, again, John is writing in symbolism, because he doesn't want to get his account deleted. Let me just say it that way. He doesn't want the, 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 the powers that be to just cut him, and, and, so he has to write this way. So he says this. He says, now listen, the woman, we know who the woman is, that's Israel. We established that. Okay? It says she's given two wings of a great eagle. Now, we understand that one third is going to be protected by the Lord. Sort of, sort of taken up in eagle's wings, if you will. Now, if you're Nero and you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs and you read this, you're thinking John has been out on the hot sun too long. What, women, eagles, water spew. What's, what is that about? Right? Why is he writing to this? He's just nuts. But people would understand this. People would get it, right? Because, check this out. You went, When he talked about wings of an eagle, right, understanding the Bible, God often uses a metaphor of an eagle referring to the protection of Israel, right? In, In Exodus chapter 19, verse 4, it says this, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. All Jewish people would go, I don't understand get it. Deuteronomy 32 and 11 says this, as an eagle stirs up his nest, hovers over its young, spreading its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. That's protection. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up like wing or they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Wow. Guys, they're going to be taken. The Lord's going to actually protect them and take them to a secret place that he's going to protect them for a period of three and a half years. Now, remember, in Scripture, refers to a year as a time. It refers to two years and a time, a time, and half a time. It says, I'm going to protect Israel for three and a half years during this immense, horrible time. Well, Ben, I got a question. Where does God protect him? Now, he he takes them to basically a special spot it's called rock city if you will or the city of petra petra okay that's where he's he's going to take them now what you need to know is that it's in the land of moab or the land of jordan and there was a time when jordan was enemies with israel they were they were but now they actually have embraced israel as friends and so people can cross back and forth if you and i were to go to israel And we took an excursion trip over to Petra, we could walk right in. Okay, we can see the ruins. That's how, that's how it works. See, that's just God setting this up. But there's a prophecy in Isaiah 16 that actually talks about this day. Isaiah 16 and 1 says, send the lamb to the ruler of the land from Selah. That's the rock or Petra. To the wilderness. To the, to, to the mount of the daughter of Zion. For it shall be as a wandering bird out of the nest. So shall be the daughters of Moab at the fords of the Arnon. Moab is modern day Jordan. Look at verse three. Take counsel. Execute judgment. Make your shadow like the night in the middle day. Hide the outcast. Do not betray those who escape. Let my outcast dwell with you, O Moab, be a shelter to them in the face of the spoiler, for the extortioner is at end, devastation ceases, the oppression is consumed out of the land. In the mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit awe in the truth. In the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice hastening. Righteousness. So Isaiah is prophesying. This is what you need to do, Moab. You need to take care of Israel. This is Isaiah. Here's what I love, guys. You can you can count on the Bible. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. And that's what I love when we read Romans. That we, if we can count on Isaiah, and you see it happening. If you we if we see uh, Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine, you see it happening, guys. You can count that you are. Well, what did we talk about on Sunday? That if you are in Christ, He's well pleased with you. That He's done. This is Texan style. He's done rewrote our story. He's done it, and we don't have to be in bondage anymore. And we don't have to fear that we're not saved. We can enjoy life. If you were to ask some present Bible teachers, guys, they're convinced that this is the place that they've taken the New Testament to Petra. And what they've done is they've actually gone over there and there's caves and and, and they've put jars. Guys, they've, they've hid jars in there. And they've put key prophetic passages and they've underlined them and they highlight them so that when this happens and they run to Petra, they'll be able to see. They're going to be they'll be safe, but they'll be able to see kind of where they are timeline in the world. OK, I don't think they'll have cell phones that will work in Petra. I don't think they're going to be able to get daily news. And so they need the word of God to go, OK, here's what's going to happen. He's going to protect us here for three and a half years. they won't know what's happening to the rest of the world, okay? Well, Ben, is it really Petra? I think so, but I don't want to be here to find out. But I do know this. The Bible says he's going to protect one-third of the remaining Jewish race during this time. He's going to provide for them a place of refuge. As he does this, guess what? Satan is hotter, gets hotter and hotter, no pun intended, than ever before, okay? He is really steamed, okay? He's like, no. Now, here's what we need to understand, okay? This is something that just blew my mind. I want you to put on your thinking caps just for a second, okay? After the three and a half years, Yvonne, okay, there's a thousand-year reign, right? The Lord is set up here. But see, the one-third of Israel that's protected are still flesh, And have babies and and live normal life. You and I will have glorified bodies and be working for the Lord. So for a thousand years, there's still going to be a remnant of human, fleshly people that we have to govern. But we know that Satan and his demons are going to be out of the picture. And so there'll be some sort of forced righteousness as God is allowing us to. But can you imagine making it through the tribulation and then entering the thousand years and I wonder what that'll look like again I'm just asking you to put on your thinking caps because it'll um, they won't live for a thousand years because they're still human they'll probably die of old age and different things I don't know what that maybe with the Lord reigning on earth there won't be disease maybe he'll heal them at an instant maybe there'll be the healing leaves it talks about at the end of revelation in the tree in the tree of life that would be trippy we have our glorified bodies so we're we're in. we're done we're, we're this amazing, but the people who are going through will be like, what does that mean? It means that not everybody's equal. And he calls us to get saved today. And then you'll have a group of tribulation saints. okay? Tribulation saints at the throne. They're not at the marriage. We, we saw that. And now you have a group of people who will be saved, but they're going to be different. Just... Something to think about, keep you up at night. So, notice verse 15. It says, so the serpent, what did he do? He spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Now, this doesn't that sound crazy? The serpent is going to spew water like a flood. But I've read several commentaries and some different on what this means. Not really sure, but I'll give you what I think it means, okay? not I mean, the word spewed that's used here, guys, is a primary verb, and it means to throw applications more or less in a violent and intense way, okay? But it says out of his mouth, and I look that up, and it's probably strengthened. It says from a presumed uh, derivative of the base here of the mouth. You go, Ben, you're talking all of this stuff. What does it mean? Water, guys, is often used as an army of men. Okay? You guys remember when he said, I looked at the sea. It was referenced as a nation. They're like, oh, yeah. So when he says, I spewed out water, think about it in practical military terms. He's going to send, what's he going to do? A mass army To follow Israel into the desert, and he's right. He's not literally. I mean, he's not spewing water as a flood, but you know, military, go get them. I mean, Satan, this Antichrist is nuts, and he's going to send them, and they want to catch that remnant of Israel, guys, and try to kill them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Verse 16, but the earth helped the woman, okay, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them like a flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and went to make war with her, the rest of her offspring, okay, who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So one third gets over here. He's so mad. It sounds like there's this giant earthquake God provides and this army is swallowed up. And he's so enraged. He goes, "I'm going to go back to all the people." Let's just say that he says, "The offspring." Who are the offspring? Well, first of all, we know that it's Israel, Jewish people. But because there's going to be people that are saved, who's going to be saved? Well, think about this. Think about that person that you've been really witnessing to that said, "Nah, you know what? I'm not into, I'm not into Jesus. You know, I'm not into religion. I don't want to go to a church. They all judge me. All are hypocrite. All of this guy." But he makes that person makes it through, realizes you're not here anymore, tries calling right tries call no nope, nobody's there, realizes this is what happened, gets saved, and somehow makes it through the tribulation, right? Well, that's an offspring. the enemy's going to come after him too so let's let's talk just in a sense contextually Israel. The remnant, you guys with me? Nod your head if you're with me. But, worldly, it's going to happen. There's going to be other, there'll be other people. And you go, okay, okay. So, we see, guys, some incredible spiritual warfare going on. So, what about us? What about us? Okay? Because he's going to go after them. He's going to go after them. Next week, we're going to see how this is actually and he's going to pour out, he's going to make sure the mark, we're going to see that. And it's going, to, it's going to fit in so beautifully, guys, that you're going to be like, I can see it. I can see it. Let me ask you a question. Before I jump into the rest of our text, has not our world changed dramatically in the last year? Has it not? 2019, we were doing church, we were doing life like anything else, we were planning vacations, we were getting on airplanes, we were doing whatever we needed to do. In March of 2020, I was on an airplane to, um, Tucson, Arizona. Not a, not a care in the world, if you will. And this world literally has changed. You see, think about this for a second, church. Think about this. As in the days of Noah, could you imagine? Could you imagine Noah? He's starting to build this giant ark. You know Noah. He's the crazy man that lives in your neighborhood. And he's telling you that there's coming a flood. And would you like to join the team and help him with the ark so that you can be saved? And you say, Sally, it hasn't rained in day. It hasn't rained in years. What are you talking about? Well, the Lord told me. Right now, think about this in your life. Right now, up until 2019, it hasn't rained. Noah, you're nuts. But 2020, we saw some sprinkles. What's happening is that all of a sudden, Noah finishes the ark, and the people are seeing clouds come. And they're just kind of going, huh, huh. Well, well, uh, 2021 could be exactly where the dark clouds come. You, you, you catch that, right? 2022 could be where we start feeling raindrops. 2023 could be where the door shut and the world opens up and it floods. And all the while, Noah's going, please get on. Amen, please get on. Dude, would you, you, come on, man. Would would you get on the boat? Would, Would you? No, Noah, you're crazy. I want to live my life my way because it also says in the days of Noah, but it also says what? In the days of Lot. Lot. What was happening with Lot? He was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Are we not there? Come on, somebody. Are we not there? Okay, so the Bible doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. He's saying this is the days. And so he's saying, okay, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is not happen. But you go, Ben, okay, this is great, but what about application for us? What about what? What, what we're going to do? What are we going to do? Well, before I let you go, I want to consider a few points for practical application. Okay, something you can take home, something you can chew on. Okay, we are those right now who are seeking to follow Jesus and live our lives for Jesus. Can I get an amen? We are the ones who are watching and waiting for the soon return. Okay, starting to starting to sprinkle a little bit cloudy, a little bit cloudy. Okay? In the midst of this world and the spiritual battles we face, how do you and I tonight stay focused? How do we stay focused? How do we stay pure? How do we stand strong? You see, I want you to notice that the answer is not found in a place of refuge like Petra. But the answer is actually found in the person of Refuge. Jesus, our rock, our Savior. Okay? If you recall, Matthew 16, verse 18, what does Peter say? His confession was, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. You are the one. And on this rock, he says, I will build my church, Jesus says, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 Paul keys on on Exodus 17 the rock was struck remember the rock was Christ the rock that was smitten for us he died and he rose again Matthew 7:24 says this the person who hears the words of Christ who he claimed to be but and believes them is like a man who builds his house upon the rock good and when the storms come the house stands because of where it was built Guys, this should be our life verse because storms are going to come in your life. Storms are going to come in your life. And where you built makes all the difference in the world. You see, that speaks of security, guys. It speaks of security... And it's, an, it's a life built upon the rock. And you go, well, what does that mean, a life built upon the rock? It's where we have to get rid of us and submit to Jesus. It's where the evidence of our life is what we talked about, where the evidence of our life is peace and joy and love and compassion and mercy. That's where it needs to be. It needs to be, guys, where you and I are waking up every morning and we're we're doing what Paul told us to do. You go, what's that? Guys, that we're that we're putting on the full armor of God so that we can stand against what's going to happen in the world. I'm telling you right now, I'm Chicken Little. You go, what do you mean by that? I keep telling you Jesus is coming back. Be ready. And, and, and I want to prepare you. I want to prepare me. Well, Ben, I got a question, bro. Listen, what if Jesus doesn't come back for 20 years? I'd still rather prepare you today because a life with Jesus is so much more than a life without him. Okay. Can we get a witness? Can we get a testimony on that? You know that. Guys, you know what it was like to live without Jesus. You know the struggles you had. You know the pains you had. You know the inner turmoil, but when you got saved, man, that was everything. And now you're getting fed, and now you're going, whoa, all right. And then the, the, the little, little waves come. The little waves come, and it tries to knock you down. But you're okay, because you've got good foundation. But be careful. Be careful, because the farther you wade out into the ocean. The bigger the waves. You understand that? The deeper you go with Jesus, okay? A little bit bigger the wave. Gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. That happened to me one time. I was, we were in Florida and we were, we were on vacation and little waves were coming. Oh, how cute. But as, as I got closer in, man, the sound, sound was going out of my feet and here comes one and pff, tried to kill me. I was like, stop, dude. Like that, and so but we have to put on the full armor of God, guys. Check this out. In Ephesians chapter six, let's let's we're we're, we're gonna kind of wind down with this. Ephesians chapter six, you guys know this. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church and he says this in verse ten Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why, Ben? For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me say that again, guys. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me say that again. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You go, Ben, what does that mean? He says we wrestle against what? Principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Every battle you have is a spiritual battle, although sometimes the enemy uses people because you're But literally, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You understand that? That's what he said. There's a spiritual issue behind it. If we could just grasp that, we could live a lot better life because we go, that's just the devil. (laughs) he's, He's trying to bug me. What else does he say? Therefore, what does he tell us to do, guys? Take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to... Stand, therefore, he stand, therefore, having your waist, your, your, having your, girded your waist with truth, having put on the blessed breastplate of righteousness. Now, here's what we need to do. The armor of God is known as spiritual helps. This is what we need. So we need protection for the believers. Your attention, please. God's going to protect Israel, but what about us today? He says, no, no, I've already got you covered. I've given you what? I've given you the full armor of God. Full armor of God. The problem is, can we be honest in church? We don't put on the full armor of God every morning. We just get up and we go about our day and we're not praying and we're not, we're not, boom, 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 we're out the door. I mean, I understand that. We, we call it busy. I'm busy. I've got to hurry. But we really should take time to put on the full armor of God to withstand the evil day. You guys don't have to answer this, but how many times do you, if you pray and worship, and and before your day even starts, you do these things, your day goes a lot better no matter what the trouble you have. Can I get a witness? How many times have you woke up late, ran out of the house, didn't pray, didn't have any time, nothing, other, and you had the same type of turmoil, and it was so much worse? You weren't you weren't prepared. You weren't prepared. That's that's he knows that. Oh, I can see why Paul says, Oh wretched man that I am. <laughs> because I don't I don't those are important. That's important. My my time with Jesus is important. My ah uh, my my quiet time is important. I, I've got to have that. Gotta have you. You understand? I've gotta have that. And let me ask you one question: What's the first thing that goes in a crisis? The quiet time. First thing that goes out the door. Ask anyone. Hey man, you having a bad day? Yeah, I'm having a messed up day, man. It's really bad. I can't believe. Hey man, how's your quiet time? Well, I haven't had quiet time in six weeks. You gotta have the full armor of God, this is what this is your strength to stand in that evil day, okay? Notice what he says. I mean, just think about it, guys. Think about what he says. First of all, what does he say? He says, man, think about this. We've got to have the breastplate of righteousness. Let's put on, cover my heart. I need the breastplate. i got to cover my heart, okay? I need to cover my heart, Sally. I, I, this, that's it. It's got to be done with righteousness. Oh, not my righteousness, his. Okay, okay. Because if the arrows are going to come, where are they going to try to shoot me, Alex? In the heart? Tell me. One shot, one death. Boom! No, no, no. I need the breastplate. I got to have that. Cover that. Okay. All right, all right. All right. That's good. Okay. What else do I need? He says, and having uh, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now I need those too. I got to cover my feet. I got to have that right. Because what it is, guys, here is it's it's a reference to military shoes of warriors. Okay, the preparation of the gospel of peace is an inward preparation of the mind of the gospel that the gospel of peace gives. That's what it is. It's putting on those things going, okay, okay, I have peace. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you'll be able to what? To quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. You got to have the shield of faith. Okay, the shield of faith is usually made of light wood, uh, or a rim of brass covered with several folds in thickness, basically. That's what it's for. And, and basically, you've got to hold it. So you have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of Christ, the belt of truth. You've got your feet with the gospel. And now you got, and he says, now you, you've got one more thing. What is it? You got the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The word of God. Word of God. Guys, we have the Bible on our phones. We have the Bible on our iPads. We have the Bible. Oh, how important it is to be knowing the Bible, to be memorizing the Bible. Sorry, remember in discipleship class, we had to memorize the word of God? Oh, it's just a task. It's just a task. No, no, no. It's to keep us because we got to have, got to have that. Now, I'll tell you one thing. You guys know this. You know this. Okay, not going to go into real detail. Okay, helmet of salvation, right? Sword of the Spirit, it's the Word of God. There's nothing behind me, Robert. There's nothing behind me. It's all in front. I got the shield. I got the sword. I got everything covering. because the Enemy, right? God never said, uh, turn and run. He just said, stand. Stand. It's going to come. Stand. Stand. This is how we will overcome the evil day today, by putting on the full armor of God. This is what we'll Okay guys, let's close with verse 18. Cuz it says in Ephesians 6:18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. This is the hardest one of all. Okay? Because it's fun to get dressed up with the helmet of salvation, with the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of truth. I got my military shoes on. I got my sword. I got my, my sword. I got my, my shield. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But he says, but at the end, what you really need to do is be praying. We should be praying. We should be praying. That's what he says. Guys, look, let me read it again. Praying always with all prayer. Praying always. And supplications in the spirit. Guys, being watchful. You want to know what a great trademark of a Christian is? Prayer. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Let's pray. We're going to pray. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, man, I need need your advice. Well, let's pray. God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but... And you just pray. You just pray. It's a lost art. That's a lost art. Prayer meetings. I'll tell you why. I heard this one said. You can tell how popular the church is or how, how popular the pastor is by who comes on Sunday morning. You can tell how popular the church is by who comes on Sunday night. He says, but you have a prayer meeting. And nobody comes. And it's like, wow. And really, that's, that's one of the most important parts of, of, of Christianity is praying. Because he says, he says right here, is that guys, we should be praying with all prayer. Well, you go, well, Ben, we don't always have to have a corporate prayer. No, but I think our prayer life should define us. Our prayer life. Are we praying for each other? Do we have a prayer log? I got to be honest with you guys. Um, a real heavy weekend. Real heavy. A lot of spiritual attacks, guys. I'm I'm telling you right now, marriages are being attacked. Be careful. Please be careful. It's it's on your blind side. And and you're going, hey, man, no, I thought we were okay. I thought we were okay. Be careful. Marriages are being attacked, okay? So it's a real heavy weekend. Starting on Friday, real heavy um I went out on my date with Nathalie on Friday and it was it was still heavy. It was still heavy. And Saturday I remember just praying and just sitting outside and just and just crying out to God. We had an amazing Sunday morning and then I found out some other stuff on a spiritual attacks on people I love on Sunday afternoon. Still heavy. If that wasn't enough, there was another one. On a, on a Monday, I get a text. Pastor, pray for me. And I remember crying out to the Lord saying, God, I... I can't carry this. It's too, heavy. it's too heavy for me. And he reminded me to cast my cares upon him. But, but when you love people, and you have a shepherd's heart, it's just it's heavy. And I'm so glad that I can go through prayer and just say, God, Please. Please. One day, guys, we're going to be home with Jesus. But today is not that day. So we need to love each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to smile. We need to laugh. You need to let go of all the little drama in your life. It's not worth it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? You see, some of us are going to do really great things and die, and nobody's going to remember us. And some of us are going to mess up and do dumb things and die, and nobody's going to remember. So the best advice is live for Jesus. Just live for him. Because all that really matters is that Jesus remembers me. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you, God, that you're, you're growing us, Lord. You're growing us in the word. Father, I don't know who's watching online, and I don't know where people are tonight, but I do know this. If there's anybody here that through the weight of the message felt, man, I'm not right with God. As a matter of fact, Pastor Ben, I've been running from God. But let me just say this to you. He loves you so much that he, you clicked online or he brought you here today. Whatever it might be, you were invited by a friend. I don't know what it might be, but maybe today God's speaking to you and saying, hey, how about today's the day you get right with me? And that's just between you and the Lord. But at Calvary, I always want to give you an invitation because I never want anyone to go, hey, I was never invited into the family. You're always invited into the family. Well, Ben, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? On well, a second, I'm just, going to give you, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. Well, what do you mean? Well, see, everybody has their eye closed and their head bowed. All you have to do is say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And that's between you and him. He's doing the work, not me. Well, what does it mean when I raise my hand? God sees your heart. You ask him to forgive you. He comes in, he saves you, and he starts your brand new life in Christ. But I want to invite you. You're invited. It's time to come home. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, some of you watching online, you might have clicked on this. It doesn't matter what. The most important thing is are you saved? Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And if it's not, how about you do that tonight? How about you say yes to Jesus? If that's you, before we go, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, would you just pray for me? God bless you, brother. Anyone else? Anyone else saying, would you just pray for me, Pastor? I I just want to be right with God. Amen. Anyone else? Any of you watching online, just lift your hand. Father, I thank you for the hands that were raised. You are gracious and compassionate. Father, raising our hand is really simple. Lord, nobody saw, nobody but you did. And so, here's my prayer to you, God. Forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to save me, God. Forgive me of all the silly and messed up and crazy and dumb stuff that I did. It's sin, Lord, and it separates me from you. I want to come home. So I'm asking you, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus. I believe in you, and I know you're coming back for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's what we do. Amen. 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 Let's worship and then Talia will dismiss us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.